New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Michael Toms. Welcome to New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting Jacques Vallée. Jacques is the co-author with Chris Aubeck of Wonders in the Sky, Unexplained Aerial Objects from Antiquity to Modern Times. Jacques, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Jacques, as someone who's traveled the world familiar with other cultures and been doing the work you've been doing for well, more than four decades, I'm wondering how you see the ever-changing, ever-morphing worldscape from your perspective in this moment in time. What do you see? You mean culturally, uh, yeah, the world apart from, yeah, just, uh, from this phenomena? Yes. Um, I'm an optimist. <laughs> I'm also a scientist, so I see a lot of wonderful technology being developed. I love what's happening to the development of the Internet and the connection of more and more people around the world. I think that's having a profound impact. So in spite of all the crises you know that the world is in uh, and the uh, all the new dangers of, of the world terrorism and so on I trust the new generations when I see young people you know uh, and all the fights that they have to go through now economically and academically and so on I trust them uh, which doesn't mean we we can just leave it to them to find solutions. I mean, we're, we have to be responsible in what we do. And we do things that, uh, that are terrible to the environment and so on. But the greatest dangers today are you know, both financial and environmental, you know, over and above uh, the things that the press talks about, like terrorism uh, in the United States you know, and Europe, the, the debt that we're incurring. Speaking as, as an investor, you know, I invest in high technology for uh, my, my profession in, in venture capital, the amount of debt that we're incurring and turning over to our children and grandchildren is, is horrible. You're an astrophysicist, and I'm wondering, you know, uh, here we are in the, the last quarter of 2010, and just recently we've discovered a parallel Earth. We've discovered another in another galaxy. It's in our galaxy. It's in our galaxy. And those are relatively close, close to us. Yes. Not in a parallel universe, but they are planets similar. Well, I could say, you know, we, we told you so. I, I remember Dr. Hynek, when I was working with him in the 60s in, in the, at Northwestern near Chicago, he was teaching that know, there's got to be planets around stars, especially slow, rotating yellow stars, just like you expect to see kittens around a cat. You know, I mean, that was, there were a number of astronomers who disagreed with that, who said that the Earth is completely unique, that our life is completely unique. I think increasingly we see that life has to exist throughout the universe. Whether or not it's similar to us is another question. Now we found this water on the moon. Yes, and uh, if you remember, you know, one of the reasons Carl Sagan never made it to the Academy of Sciences is that he was launching the hypothesis that there could be water in ice form on the moon and under the crust of the moon. And that was anathema in those days, you know. Yes. It's interesting how science has shifted so much just in the last 
few years. Well, it's about time. time. It's about time. Science was blocked by uh, ideological considerations that had nothing to do with rational research, you know, about potential potential for water on Mars, potential for primitive, uh, you know, microscopic life on some other planets in the solar system. You know, all these things, if, if I had hinted to any of that when I was, you know, studying astrophysics, I would have been thrown out. Yes, right. Well, another thing is, of course, complex molecules in space. Molecules as complex as alcohol, you know, in, in outer space. And also the, the ability of uh, some forms of life to survive without oxygen and without light which uh, should be a major concern for the space probes that we're launching to other planets because we must be taking some microscopic forms of life that could evolve on these other planets uh, and maybe destroy whatever primitive form of life there is. So uh, lots of these questions are, are very profound, very interesting. Yes. What about dark matter? We still don't understand what dark matter is. Well, I, you know, I'm not practicing science anymore. You know, I'm financing things that result from science. But I subscribe to these magazines. It seems that every week we've now discovered a new, a new explanation for the expansion of the universe or new forms of matter and so on. And I think we have to let that settle a little bit and let people work through. People are rushing to publish and that's not healthy. I think they should hash out these discussions in the scientific arena and get to uh, a better level of proof before they speculate on what it could mean. Uh, I think the, if there is one lesson from cosmology is that the universe is much more complex than we, we certainly thought it was. Through the Hubble telescope now, we've discovered that there is no end, that the universe is continuing to expand. I mean, essentially, we've, we're talking about eternity. Well, you have to leave that to philosophers. Uh, we've um, always assumed that the, the universe was infinite, you know, and that time was infinite, which may be a problem. You know, I didn't pursue a career in physics after my PhD is that there are a number of things that never made sense to me. Uh, time is one of them, the way we teach about time. We teach it from a mathematical point of view, which is perfectly legitimate. You know, we say, treat time as just another dimension. But then they tell us it can only go one way. It cannot go the other way. Well, you know, what kind of a dimension is that? And is time an entity that, that is much more complex than we thought it was? Can we go back in time? You know, does time have dimensions? Why have dimensions in the first place? You know, it, it, dimensions are very convenient for engineers, but in cosmology, as you know, there are theories about a, an 11-dimension universe. There are there's string theory. There are a number of competing theories now about the structure of the universe that really expand the, the notion of dimension and also open the possibility that our universe is just one of many, that universes can sort of create other universes. You know, uh, universes can have babies, so to speak, okay. that start expanding on their own and they go away at right angle from us in some you know, hyperdimensional sense, so we never see them again. Well, mathematically it makes sense, 
Topologically, it makes sense. Topology is one of the most wonderful branches of mathematics. But does it make sense physically? And how do I communicate with these other universes? You know, how do we exchange signals with them? Some of these things are going to have impact on, on technology at some point. So it's, it's really fascinating to follow it. But I'm just a spectator here, like, <laughs> like most of us. Recognizing that none of us can predict the future, but if we were to fast forward to the year 2020, here we are at the closing of 2010. If we were to fast forward to the year 2020 and there are no obstacles, no, no nothing in the way, what would you want to see the world be like in 2020? Um, I think there are obstacles. I, I don't think we can do this. For one thing, technology is accelerating. And when you look at the envelope of the acceleration, I mean, every technology accelerates as a, a sort of an exponential rate, and it flattens out after a while. So it's like an S-shaped curve, you know, if you want. But the envelope of all these S-shaped curves is what you have to look at. I mean, look at how fast computers are going and the power of computers compared to what we knew just in the 60s or 70s, okay? So the, the Apollo capsule, you know, the, uh, how much computing power there was. And your smartphone, you know, has many orders of magnitude more power than what was in that spacecraft. That envelope goes vertical at some point. And it's a hyperbola. It's not an exponential. And there is... There is no way to slow it down. So I think we are going towards a singularity or a discontinuity. And it's probably not before 2020, maybe, you know, uh, 2030 or somewhere around there. But something has to change. And I don't know whether it's, it could be a cataclysm, like nature has done often to mankind, it could be a transformation of life itself. It could be a form of artificial life, as some scientists are, are now arguing, that we invent a new form of intelligence, a new form of... You know, I don't understand that. Uh, it's, it's a, again, a legitimate theory. I don't understand it because we know so little. I mean, you know, you're in better place than me to say that, but we know so little about consciousness. You've interviewed all these people talking about consciousness... Uh, it's still a very vague, difficult concept to define. My interpretation of it is that we're going to discover who we really are, you know, the powers we really have. You know, I had the privilege of being associated with some experiments in parapsychology at SRI, the remote viewing experiments, during two decades. I've seen what some of the gifted people in the field of parapsychology could do Many of them have become you know, personal friends, like Ingo Swan. There are unexplained powers of the human mind that we just haven't even begun to tap or even to recognize. I mean, we're still fighting to explain to academic scientists that these things exist, okay? So, again, I'm hopeful that this singularity is going to be a good one. But, again, I'm, <laughs> I'm an optimist, if there were one thing you could leave our listeners with, Jacques, what would that one thing be? That uh, we have to keep searching, and we're just at the beginning. We're at the beginning of the Internet. We're at the beginning of space exploration. And especially, we're at the beginning of understanding human biology and the human brain. Jacques, I want to thank you for being on the New Dimensions Cafe. 
Thank you. It's been great speaking Thank with you. Thank you, Michael. I've been speaking with Jacques Fillet, and he's the author, along with Chris Aubeck, of Wonders in the Sky, Unexplained Aerial Objects from Antiquity to Modern Times, published by Tarcher Penguin in paperback. And if you'd like more information about the work of Jacques, you can go to the website Jacques Vallée, and Vallée is V-A-L-L-E dot com, You can also get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. My name is Michael Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe. Please come back again. And don't forget, when you go out there, do something good in the world. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.